greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome back to uh, Winds of Change. I'm your host and uh, Bible teacher, Keith McKenzie. Uh, today we're entering into uh, Genesis chapter 3. And uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to take us to get through this. We have a lot of uh, topics that are introduced here in, in Genesis chapter 3. And this is probably the most important uh, portion of this study that we're going to do. We're going to be introducing all kinds of dynamics, uh, spiritual lessons, um, sin, death, uh, satanic deceptions. We we really have a lot of things on tap, and it's probably going to take uh, a little bit of time just to get through each one of those uh, things as we introduce the concepts that are introduced here. But what you're going to find here is in Genesis chapter three, is that the uh, seed plot in this in this uh, portion of the Bible that takes. Um, the rest, uh, all except for like the last couple of the chapters of the Bible, deals with what happens right here in Genesis chapter 3. So we're going to take our time to go through it. We're going to introduce these things. But before we do that, I'm going to need God's help. So let's take this before the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that... Uh, You've given me the privilege, Lord, to, to teach your word, Lord, uh, to these people. I pray, Father, you would help us to understand that you would open up uh, our eyes of understanding and our ears, Lord, that we might hear. Because you said that you were looking for people who would worship you in spirit and truth. And we need to get down to brass tacks of the truth that's being revealed right here. And so I ask this in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, if you got your Bibles, let's go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 3. And what I'm going to do is, because we have so many uh, things uh, available uh, in this particular portion, what we're going to do is we're going to read um, a section, and then we're going to go back and we're going to go over those particular things that have been addressed or introduced here, and that's the primary focus of this uh, general study. Genesis chapter 3. It's called The Temptation and the Fall of Man. And uh, if for any reason we're covering so much over the next, uh, you know, three, four sessions, that if you need to see this, uh, again, uh, these are uploaded in advance uh, on YouTube through our uh, YouTube channel. You just go to the website and uh, you can click our YouTube link and uh, we'll be loading up the uh, the notes to go with this too so this is a really important part and uh, we want to just go ahead and, and, and do a good job right here so the temptation and fall of man Genesis chapter 3 says right here now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said to the woman has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden 
And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. All right, we're going to stop right there. There's really there's a, a lot of things that are introduced right there. But what we want to do first is let's address who is this serpent. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So we're introducing Satan. Satan is the anointed cherub that covers. He is Lucifer, the devil. He is uh, a fallen angel. Okay, he is the angel that led a rebellion against God. This is very important. This is nothing to gloss over um, right here and, and skip on by it because if, if we don't understand angels and their role in God's plan, then there's a really, really large segment uh, to your spiritual walk and your spiritual understanding that uh, the things that God has made in his creation, we've spent a lot of time talking about God's creation, angels are created. Um, Lucifer, um, he is created. He is known as the serpent, Lucifer, the devil. He is the uh, protagonist or the, <laughs> he's the bad guy, the guy with the black hats uh, throughout the story of the Bible. And without a proper understanding of him and the ways that he works, which we're going to go through this, we'll look at some of the strategies uh, and the stratagems that he uses here are still the same that he uses today. And why may you say that? It's because they're extremely effective. All right? He's had a long time to observe mankind. He knows what causes them to stumble. So, one, God created angels. So they are not superior to God. They are created beings. It says, uh, and I have my notes here because we have so many different things to go through. But in uh, Job uh, 38.7, uh, it talks about their their origin. We're really not sure when they were, but it says when God created everything, it says the morning stars. That's another reference for, for angels or the sons of God. These are uh, Benai Elohim. These are um, created things, and they are the they are the sons of God, and they shouted for joy at the creation. So they were somewhere at some point they were created uh, where they observed God's act of creation. So they were there and they were shouting for joy. And and on a sidebar, there is um, that they um, 
they, when somebody comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, one-third of the angels, uh, the book of Revelation talks about that a third of the angels were drawn into the rebellion that uh, Satan um, made. And, but that means two-thirds are, are loyal, holy angels to God. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, their purpose. Um, in a nutshell, um, good angels, uh, holy angels, they are about on the business, the tasks of ministering uh, on God's behalf, doing the things that he needs. Now, Satan is very busy uh, using his deception and lies in uh, causing the Christian to stumble, but even worse is keeping people blinded to the truth because although angels are real, uh, God has created things both visible and invisible. And uh, but that's a, that's a whole uh, study by itself. But what we want to do is just kind of narrow in and focus in right here on on the, the the character of the serpent. It says he was more cunning. That that has an implication that he's wise, and he is indeed very wise. And he has uh, a multitude of understanding far beyond that what we have. Now in a spiritual uh, understanding we are no match for any angels they are far vastly superior intellectually in their abilities of what they can do and so that's why we we have to fully trust in God's Word because God's Word reveals and you'll begin to see here that if you don't understand what's going on here in Genesis chapter 3 really the rest of the Bible makes no sense the world around you doesn't really make any sense because we're talking about the origins really of evil right here so let's let's flip over to Isaiah chapter 14 and and get a look here at um, our, our protagonist, uh, Lucifer, or Satan. This is the only place uh, where the name Lucifer appears in the Bible. And it says here in Isaiah 14, uh, verse 12, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. So this, this entity known as Satan and the devil, he is the reason for the weakening of the nations. And, and it deserves to be uh, studied out fully, but that's not our purpose today. It says, now back to verse 13, For you have said in your heart, now these are the five I wills of Satan. This is what caused him to fall. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. And it says, and then God responds here, and he says, Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, that's the grave, and down to the lowest parts of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, 
Is this the man? Now, whoops, what do you mean man? I thought we were talking about an angel right here. This, he will personify himself as we have here in Genesis chapter 3. We're going to have what you see the battle of the seeds is going to be opening up. Christ being the seed of the woman. Okay, that's the Messiah. And Satan will also have his man on the hour, which this is what it's talking about right here. Better known as, more commonly known as the Antichrist. Although there's about 33 different titles uh, for him. And it says, is this the man who made the earth to tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? And who did not open up the house of its prisoners? All right. That's a whole nother topic, which by the time we get over to Genesis chapter 11, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on uh, this, this character of the, the Antichrist some more. But right now, also some people I'm, I'm sure might be thinking, and, and I hear it, that um, if, you, if we don't understand the uh, implications that we have with who we're dealing with here, um, consider the words of Jesus. Jesus addressed and was tempted by the devil for 40 days. After he was baptized uh, by John the Baptist, he goes out in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. And so there's a real, and, and Jesus speaks about him. He saw, you know, Satan falling like a star. And so if Jesus affirms that there is a devil, and there is, then we need to take special close attention to what's going on here in Genesis chapter 3. Because we have this, this person here who's, who's uh, responsible for weakening the nations, for, for causing um, the origin of evil. And, and, you know, without this explanation, uh, how do you explain it? So... Um, Galatians also talks about, um, I'll go ahead and uh, read, read this quote instead of flipping over here. Um, Galatians uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, the Apostle Paul was uh, addressing the Galatian church here uh, about their faith. And uh, so he, he gives them this strong word about uh, deception. And it says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So there are different gospels out there. And it says, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. You remember in the last couple episodes we talked about perversion. Perversion means to change from its original intent. And it says, but if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which has been preached to you, let him be accursed. And in the Greek, that is the strongest condemnation the Apostle Paul is giving to anybody who preaches another gospel. And there is a lot of different gospels out there today. And the only way that we can protect ourselves uh, from uh, deception 
okay, and is to have discernment. And discernment only comes from having spent time in the whole counsel of God, not just a couple of isolated texts here or there. That's why we're spending the time to go through this expositionally, reading it verse by verse. And expositional just is a kind of fancy name for explaining. We're explaining what these things mean, who these characters are, these concepts that are being introduced. So let's uh, finish this up. So he's saying, let him be a curse. And as we have said before, and now say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel than that, what you have received, let him be a curse. There it is again, you know, just a one-two punch to anything else but a true gospel message. And the, and the sad um, state is, and the reason why we're, we're spending the time to do this uh, study, is all that we really need to know are found right here in Genesis chapters 1 through 11. Genesis means origins. So we're finding out the origins of these things, and this, the seed begins to open up. So we need to exercise that discernment. And like I said before, it only comes from having spent time in the Word of God. God rewards the diligent, all right? And He wants us to spend time with Him. And if you love somebody, your wife or your, your husband, you want to spend time with them. You want them to spend time with you. And so we have um, here, when the woman said to the serpent, all right, notice, notice that how, how the enemy works here. And this is, you'll find this in, in everything that's out there today. It, it'll, when, when this starts to sink down in your spirit and you begin to see, you'll, you'll see that it's the same, you know, play, same deception being run over and over again. Every generation has a new, um, you know, wrinkle or, you know, the, the, it's the same lies, but the names change. And, and the nomenclature, and there's, you know, a little bit of shifting around. But once you see this, watch. It says, um, so the beast was cunning, right? That means he's wise, all right? And, and it, it states that he was made. And he says to the woman, notice his first ploy is, has God indeed said? And then he quotes God. You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. But he asked it in a questioning form. So this right here is antithesis to faith. God is looking for people who will believe him. And he's a rewarder, you recall, of those who diligently seek him. And, and Jesus told... Um, you know, the people that were following him after he had just uh, fed a large portion of crowds, what he's, you know, they said, what can we do to do the mighty works of God? And Jesus turned around and didn't tell him, you know, build me a temple or anything like that. What he expressed was, he says, God is looking for people who will worship him, right, in spirit and truth, but he says, who will believe on him, all right? And uh, so what we have is um, 
right here is, is, says this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. And here in Genesis chapter 3, we have the serpent, right? He is introducing doubt. Doubt cripples faith. All right? And um, these satanic um, structures, where else do we, do we see this has God said? The whole creation evolution debate, all right? is all about has God said people who are on the evolution side of the ledger claim that this was a natural process big bang whatever you want to call it micro macro evolution it, it basically it says has God said they are challenging God's claim to being creator and when we did our very first couple of, of sessions, we talked about how important faith is in establishing a, that proper relationship with God. And this is exactly what is being attacked right here because Satan impugns the character of God by saying, has God said? And he's, here he is, you know, an ambassador for... Um, you know, God, he, he's an angel, he's a cherub, and, and he is impugning the character of God, which gets him in a lot of trouble, which we just read there in uh, Isaiah chapter 14, with his, his willing to um, be, you know, like the Most High. He wanted to be like God, and we'll keep um, showing you those things as we go through. So he, he introduces doubt, which is antithesis to faith. All right, and we see that um, also in, unfortunately, we have many, many, many um, churches out there who are, uh, I'm going to even say, masquerading as Christians who do not believe the Word of God. They do not believe in the virgin birth. They do not believe in, uh, you know, the inerrancy of Scripture in its original uh, form. They do not believe in the deity of Christ. Get out. Get out of the church. Liberal scholars are a scourge and a reproach and a stench in the nostril of Almighty God because they do not believe even the most fundamental aspects of His Word. You've got no business ministering in the church because even... You know, these satanic deceptions, okay, were admonished over and over and over. Jesus told us that the deception would become paramount. Apostasy, which means a falling away, a defection from the faith, which Jude says was delivered once for all. So we're admonished to earnestly contend for the faith. That's what we're all about here. That's why we're spending the time to do this. Um, there's another group out there called the Jesus Seminar. These liberal, um, I hate to even throw scholars on there, but they got a lot of school, so we'll give them the scholar tag. They um, got together, okay, and this is going back a good 15, maybe 20 years now, and what they would do is they would get together um, in some 
scholarly fashion and they've got all these enough letters after their their name with all their degrees and stuff to become a, a you know a mailman they've got so many letters after their uh, names doctor so-and-so and doctor tinkling sound brass and um, what they what they were doing was here they are two nearly two thousand years removed from the gospel period and they would get together and then they would vote with these beads and they would decide on whether Jesus really said that or did he mean that and and so what you have is they went through and I, I forget exactly but it was some 70 to 80 percent of the uh, words of Christ which in some Bibles are in red they decided no he didn't really say that no he didn't really mean that has God said that's what they're about they're a stench in the nostrils of Almighty God and you know what the the thing is is a Jeffrey Dahmer will have it easier on Judgment Day than scholars masquerading as Christians and saying that they're Christian it's absolutely false but anyway um, we also have the false religions false religions many of them Jehovah Witnesses Islam Mormons uh, the way international um, uh, new age uh, all kinds of uh, transcendental meditation yoga uh, these type of things where, where people can tap in and they see angels and these angels are communicating a message that is contrary as we read there in Galatians to what Almighty God has said and that's why we need to spend that time um, well, we'll probably close out this session, but let me let me read this uh, part right here because this relates right here to to Genesis chapter three with this deception, and it says um, in Second Corinthians eleven chapter 11 verses 3 and 4 it says but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness that was his wisdom so your minds he's speaking to the Corinthians right and he says so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ for if he who comes and preaches another Jesus, in Galatians we were talking about another gospel, now we're talking about another Jesus. And it says, for if he comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, okay, that you have not received, or a different gospel, so there it is again, which you have not accepted, he says, you may well put up with it. And, and that's because it's the same plan over and over. If these people don't know the Word of God, right? That's why God gave us His Word. It is, you know, the psalmist talks about your Word is a lamp under my feet. And when Jesus was addressing the, uh, the religious people of his day, and that's the people he clashed with the most, Jesus was actually the most anti-religious person to walk the face of the earth. He came to restore truth back. He reclaimed the, the, the message, the gospel message, 
that we have. And that's about as close as we're going to get to this session. But what we want to do is in these closing moments here, we want to go ahead and, and just, uh, if, if you don't know the Lord, what we want to do is we just want to offer you a chance to, uh, you know, help when you ask the Lord to come into your life and into your heart and you receive him by faith, you say, I'm a sinner. All right? We all share that same sin nature back here in Genesis chapter 3 where it all started to go wrong. We're no match for the enemy. But Christ came. He died. He was buried. And he rose again on the third day. The simplicity of the gospel that all we have to do is just trust him. Let him come into your life. Repent. That means to turn away from the life that you've been living. Invite him into your heart today. In Jesus' name. We'll see you next week.